This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. You are listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, and the Back of the Nest podcast. I'm joined in the studio with Nick Gillard and James Howard. An absolute pleasure to see them both because it has been two weeks. And it may have been two weeks, but it has been a brilliant two weeks for the Eagles because I didn't get to see you last week and I'm gutted because they went up to (laughs) Manchester, they went up to Old Trafford and they absolutely got the result, didn't they? A fantastic win against Man United and they also got the win against Aston Villa this weekend. So much to discuss. James, I know you want to start us all off, but I said you got that win in Manchester last year, albeit against City. Now, Manchester's just a good place for you. you got the, you've got done the red half this time. James, how pleased are you? Oh, fantastic. Over the moon, mate. Absolutely. Um, I, I heard you, uh, you, with you and Johnny Burrow earlier, and uh, you were saying how negative back of the nest were. And mm. uh, I think I was the only one that actually said that I was back in Roy. Never, yeah, you was. Never in fairness, actually, yeah. never actually. You were surprised, weren't you, at Hambo's uh, when he was on? And yeah, that. I mean, there's been a few other people that have, have, have shown a bit of negativity as mm. well. Um, but you know, I did. I I said I said that you know he's he's doing a good job and, and with with the resources that he's got and even the journalists have recognised that you know we have had the best results in the year, you know, apart from Man City, uh, Liverpool and Arsenal, I believe. Um, and I felt that, you know, all we've got to do is is just try and sort of, you know, keep calm and, and, and let Roy bed in the new players. Um, I thought we could, I, you know, I didn't believe really we would get a result at Manchester United, but I thought we could do. Makes it all the sweeter. Yeah, I know you thought we were going to get an mm. absolute thumping. Um, but thanks. I, well, no, no. <laughs> I, I just sort of remind the the listeners. But cheers. But, but I did say to the guy, I said, um, you know, I wasn't sure about Pogba, and he was the one that got robbed for our winner um, in the middle of midfield. 
and they they weren't taking their chances. So so very happy days. I was I was absolutely over the over the moon, um, especially with with the last couple of couple of results. Yeah, I mean I'm going to hold fire on the uh, Roy <laughs> loving at the moment. You've got to remember the reason we weren't here last week was because we were stood watching a completely inept performance against a reasonable Colchester United side. We looked bereft of ideas. The only time we, we started to look like we wanted to do anything was when King uh, King Ayu came on because um, he just made a difference. He's been the difference this season. But you, you look at that game, you look the Man United game, we won. We were very, very lucky to win that game and I'll take the three points anyway. Man United should have beaten us. They didn't. doesn't matter. We got the three points. I think that might be papering over a few cracks. I'm a little bit more positive than I was well, it's, before. Well, it's a modest opinion. You did get the three points. It might be papering over the cracks, but you're going to take it in uh, defence of the thumping that I thought Man United would give Crystal Palace. It's why we love football. What a beautiful thing. When a team plays so poorly against Sheffield United, then you went to Man United, who were sort of on a, a good run themselves, beat Chelsea 4-0 on the opening day, and then it doesn't matter if they played well. You did get the three points. Another penalty missed. This time it was Rashford, and you know, Palace have nicked it, and we've seen also what goals, we know what it does for a striker's yeah. confidence. IU, King IU, as uh, Nick uh, now refers to him <laughs> as, he got the goal against United, and now he scored against Villa this weekend. Just a brilliant turnaround for Crystal Palace. But although you may not have predicted a thumping, one you didn't see coming two weeks ago, did you, James? No. And, you know, I'll take the credits for, for getting the win. For those two predicting performances. That. But <laughs> I will admit to my mistakes, I would not have signed IU based on what happened last season. I think I said on here, I was surprised that we signed him. I stand corrected. I mean, he has come back um, a completely different player. Um, whether it's because he's much fitter than everyone else because he played in the African Nations Cup and perhaps he didn't have a, a long rest, so he came back fit already. Um, but he's playing out of his skin and, you know, he, he, he looks, you know, as if he, he needs a drug test or something because well, I don't know where it's come from. But he, to be he honest single-handedly kept... Um who was it he kept up with his goals one season? Swansea. Swansea, Swansea it might have been. Yeah, he yeah. was he was ace for them. So yeah. I, I think, yeah, you, you do need to eat humble pie, definitely. I do, and I think a few other people do as well. But, you know, and, and he's, he's really wanting to play. You know, the first game against Everton, which was a nil-nil, um, he had a fantastic game, and he was brought off by, uh, and I wanted to bring this up, he was brought off by Roy Hodgson, and um, yeah, I'm still questioning Roy. I'm not 100% sure, but he's doing a good job at the moment. There's nowhere near am I wanting him out, that's for sure. What is fans' biggest question or concern with Roy? And when you say, oh, you know, you're saying um, you're not fully on board the Roy loving, you've still got questions. Mm. What is the big number one concern with Roy? We don't, we only seem to have one way of playing, although that changed a bit on Saturday, and we'll get into that. We don't seem to have a plan B. Um, but then on Saturday, the, the players seem to be rotating quite a bit a la Barcelona. And we'll, we'll talk about that when we come to the Villa game because I want to talk mm. about Cuarte there. Um, I don't know. We were just so bereft of ideas on Tuesday. And then you look at the Sheffield United game. We didn't, it, it seems like we don't know how to take games to other teams. 
I, I think Roy struggles at times to read the game in the way maybe sometimes a player needs to be changed or he needs to change the system during a game. I think he's a bit of a hesitator. Um, I don't know if he can make it. He doesn't make a decision that well. He's not that confident, I don't think. He just sits back and lets things happen. I mean, you know, Ayu was brought off against... Uh, Everton um, for Zaha and then you know I felt that he should have stayed on and Benteke should have come off Benteke did come off finally for Connor Wickham and then again and the supporters might have noted this because I did just uh, literally a minute or two before IU scored uh, the weekend uh, against Villa he was just about to bring him off for for, uh, Benteke just as well he didn't because he went on and scored football can change in an instant (laughs) can change in a second James but, you know, the grass isn't always greener. Before I come on, you may have heard I was talking to Martin Allen, who was on Drive on Love Sport every day. You can catch Martin Allen. And Martin's someone I'm a real big fan of, not only as a person, but I think he talks a lot of football sense. He's been a manager. He's been in and around the game. But he said, why aren't Palace fans a, a fan of Roy? Or, you know, because you can want for something or wish something. Be careful what you wish for, because you can't, you know, always say you're safe in the Premier League. But with Roy, you're going to get those wins, you know. Two weeks ago, it was, oh, what's Roy doing now? You're up there at the top, albeit it's four games. Roy, you know what you get. And there is a danger that you wish for something else. Are fans being a little bit greedy here? I think so. And I think you've got to look back to sometimes, you know, look at Charlton, what happened to them. You know, they had probably about seven years in the Premiership off the top of my head. And then, you know, they wished them changing management. Um, personally, if you, you said, am I happy with Roy? Out of 10, 10 being very, very, very happy. I'd say I'm pretty much eight, seven, eight out of 10 at the moment. You know, unless... But at the moment, James, is it too fickle, you know, just because you're on the back of two wins? No. And, Nick, and Nick's saying, look, we can't ease the flip side. Let's not get too carried away because yeah. in after the international break, we could have two, three defeats on the spin. That's football, the roller coaster, oh. up and downs. In the bigger picture, taking away those wins, those losses, would it still be seven, eight out of 10 for Rory? Yeah, I, I'm not necessarily, but what I, I am not the person that just emotionally has this roller coaster of like sack him keep him sack him yeah. you know if i if i think somebody maybe we should look at maybe changing a, a manager there's got to be a, a consistent a number of losses uh to for me to think do you know what maybe something's not working here maybe four defeats in a row or five defeats in a row um a plus leaking goals not just leaking the odd one and losing one nil i think you you know we we but but yeah and no, at the moment i'm 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 thinking yeah he's he's doing a good job Nick, it's the, um, you it's 7, the 8 cons- out of 10, where do you yeah, stand? Yeah, it's the, it's the consistency. When we're good, we're really good. But when we're bad, we're crap. Mm. Two extremes, there's no Two in extremes, the middle. Two extremes, there's no in the middle. Um, what are you out of 10 then, Nick? For the, I know you're not on the Royal Loving train, but where do you stand if you're on the platform waiting? I'd say about 7. That's, that was good. Look, you even fairly. smiled at that. Well, you just yourself. said you're not on the loving. I'll take a seven out of ten. <laughs> a ten out of ten, if you really. My brother the love might time. only say he likes me four out of ten. So if it's a seven, I'm delighted. Yeah, no, he's all right. I mean, I don't want him. I I dread what would follow. Who's this is it. There? The grass isn't always greener, is it, Nick? It isn't. It isn't. Um, Roy's getting on. We need to be looking at the next manager. I dearly hope that. It, it's yeah, not, but isn't, he's, he's not bringing himself on as a sub. He's all right to get on, ain't he? There's no, he doesn't need to get, you know. What's age got to do with a manager, Nick? Yeah, I know, I know. But, you know, have, how long can you keep in 
in a high pressure game. He's the oldest manager in the league. I'm not dissing older people. Ferguson was old. years of experience, a wealth of experience in this league. You, you know how, and he's, he's managed at international level. He's managed in Serie A. He's managed abroad. Not a lot of ma- British managers can say that, at least. Yeah, and as as I've always said, uh, when Ofsted come around your school, they look in the books <laughs> and the results, um, and you look at the the form table for this year. We we come third. And somehow, having it, the, the problem is for Palace fans, unless you go to the away games, particularly last season, you don't see any of it because all our success has been away of late. So it's, it's a bit of a weird, weird thing for us because we're, we're seeing rubbish at Sellhurst. Everybody who's forking out to, to go around the country and watch are, are getting a good deal, unless you go to Sheffield. I know that was the case last year, but could it be changing? Because the season is still in its infancy. You did get that win at home this weekend, so maybe the home form. And we're seeing goals are everything for a striker's confidence. Wins are everything for a team's confidence. You see it, you get one win, you get the second win, you get the third win. Maybe the international break has come slightly at the wrong time for Crystal Palace. We'll talk about that. But... Obviously, in any football game, at any level, James, you have to take your chances. I think it was one of the first times Crystal Palace had an attack against Man United. They took that chance. Mm. Then they were the team that popped up with a winner in stoppage time. But, you know, is that what Crystal Palace are capable? If we just create more, we can put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, you know, on paper, they're a much stronger team than us, Manchester United. So... Quite clearly, Roy's going to go up there and he's the sort of manager that's going to say, you know, we've got to be careful, we've got to keep it very, very sort of, not cautious. negative, but cautious. Yeah, that's the word. And and try and counterattack and play to our strengths. And that's exactly what he did. And that's what I would expect from Roy. But at home, we have to obviously try and improve from last season. And I think that's what Roy's doing at the moment. And I was impressed with the game at the weekend because I felt, although it was 1-0, I felt it could well have been 3-0. What was great about the Man United game, statistically, Joel Ward, the immense Joel Ward, who still hasn't got a chant. Palace fans, Joel Ward needs a chant, okay? Or King IU Prince Joel Ward? Could we go with that? Maybe, but the, a chant. <laughs> Even <laughs> if it's so to sure. the tune of Jolene, I, I ain't going to sing it now, but oh, you know, I, I don't want to lose, lose listening to Joel Ward, Joel Ward running down the wing or something. <laughs> but be brilliant. Um, statistically better than Wan-Bissaka. Who needs Aaron, hey? Oh, a strong, bold shadow. James, I want to touch upon something you mentioned there, that, you know, at home we do have to go for teams more. I understand it when we're going away to Man United, there's a certain tactic we have to play. But you don't just want to play a style of football away from home and a style of football at home. Surely Roy will change his game plan for every opponent. He'll tailor it to that, whether it's home or away, whether it's, you know, you have to tailor it to the team you're facing. I hope so. Um, but what I felt from the game against Villa is it's a game that we have to really go out and try and win. And I did feel that we did get off to a good start. We were on the front foot from the off and I felt we dominated the game, pretty much most of it. Right. And 1-0, I felt it could well have been 3-0. Um, so in that, se- I think last season at home, we may not have dominated the games as much. So that, for me, was a big improvement at the weekend um, compared to last season's home games. Now, I think we've got, I think we got Wolves the next home game, and that probably is also another winnable game, especially as we beat them 2-0 at their place last season. It will be a winnable game, and I'll tell you why so, later. So, so, we need, so we need to carry on and say to the boys, look, you know, off on a front foot, straight off, we've got to win this, we've got to really go for it and not, maybe sit back as much as we did last season. And if we create the chances that we did on Saturday, then perhaps we might win 3-0, 2-0. 
but I'm happy with 1-0. If it ends up 1-0, well, who cares? Feeling has certainly changed. Well, it was 1-0 this weekend. Crystal Palace beating Aston Villa. It's safe to say there are a few incidents in the game, and we're going to be looking at them next. Love Sport. You're listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the Back of the Nest podcast, James Howard and Nick Gillard. We, of course, are talking all things Crystal Palace. We just looked at that fantastic win up in Manchester against Man United. Now, though, we turn our attention to the weekend just gone with another victory, this time being Aston Villa. It was at home. It was a clean sheet. It was three point. But the game had its incidents. It had a bit of drama, especially at the end. First, though, let's talk, the, let's talk about the victory and talk about that clean sheet in our Crystal Palace look. James, how pleased were you with the performance? Yeah, I was really pleased. Um, first of all, I've always said that we start with clean sheets, especially at the beginning of the season, so happy with that. Um, dominated the game. It's, in my opinion, we dominated the game. Um, I'd say 80% of it, 90% of it. Um, and we definitely could have taken a few more chances. We didn't, but that's... 22 kind of, shots, Yeah, Palace had. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Same as Man United. So, yeah, we, we, could, we could have taken a few more chances. And we nearly, obviously, you know, <laughs> conceded at the end, which, mm. which, 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 which was very unfortunate. But we need, to, we need to start taking these chances. But you've got to create them first. And that was the positive thing that we, we played, you know... Uh, we've played early on in the season and we have created a number of half chances and we've got a, a player up front that can score goals. Well, that's what winning does for morale because the last couple of weeks when I spoke to you both, it was we're not creating enough chances. And that just that win alone against Man United, it's benefited the team so much that, you know, you played with that freedom, you know, not so much pressure hanging over you. You were creating chances. Now the problem is we're not clinical enough. We're not putting them away, but that will come because you still got the win. Is that the case, Nick? Yeah, I mean, I, I tweeted halfway through the first half how pleased I was that we were getting crosses in. It's just a shame that Benteke and Wickham were on the bench mm. not to meet them. OK, we've got other headers. Is, is that word headers? Mm. We've got other headers. That could, I know what you mean. It, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was a bit weird that we'd finally, we were finally doing what fans had been screaming out for for ages, is get decent crosses in. Uh, I disagree with James in the, in, just in the first 10 minutes, I thought we were very, very slow out of the box, especially Wilf who it wasn't until he got fouled, he actually won a foul for something. And there was a little bit of a ruckus, not too much, not you know, but he was being, to get worried about. He was 3-4 on him at the time. They were marking him out of the game, but he laughed about it. With, I actually think he thrives in those situations, doesn't he? Yeah, you, you're saying that. I was watching the um, Arsenal-Tottenham game the other day and uh, one of the other games, but all the wingers have two or three players around mm. them now. So it's, it's, it's not just Wilf. So I will kind of... Take away from oh, no, his I skill mean, there. A, a key man, you know, who yeah. makes the team tick. You know, if, if if Crystal Palace are going to be dangerous, you know, they're going to look to go through Wilf and yeah. teams. You know, I'm sure when they do their team scouting reports, if we can shut down one man, it's not half the job, but it's a good part of it, isn't it? But what we haven't seen of late is Wilf getting the ball and running with it, and we we used to love. Love it, didn't we? There, when it, same with AJ. AJ used to get the ball and run and run and score. Wilf used to get the ball, run and run and and score or create a, create a goal. Once he got into that mode, that's when we clicked. And Villa didn't know what to do with us. Um, got to also give big credit to uh, Bicenti Gaeta, the the goalkeeper. Statistically, okay, we're only four games in, but never mind. He's had a few good performances, though. That's what he's made some brilliant saves, and that gives the defence confidence. Now mm. you're talking about the defence. We had our worst defence on paper at the start of the year, yet we have only conceded two goals in them four games. 
That is fantastic. We've That's had a stat Kelly. you want. Mm. Chelsea had, have conceded nine. We've had Kelly. We've had Dan. Oh, I, I, I had a little shout into John Terry's ear about the own goal he scored against us Nick. at the end of the game for Villa because he was stood right near <laughs> me at the end. He, he pretended not to notice. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> but we got that defence. You know, we, we brought Sacco off the bench to replace Kelly. That's how strong the bench was. Mm. Um, Ward has been doing well at right back. PVA actually did a tackle. <laughs> he actually made a tackle. He doesn't need to make tackles. He got the winner against Man United at Old Trafford. Nick, surely he's, he's, he's a free man for a little while. Yeah, I know. And he always does that. He always has a few performances where he underperforms and he'll, he'll score a couple of goals in three, over the course yeah. of three or four games and he's forgiven. And then he'll be a bit rubbish and then he'll score a couple of goals and he'll... Before we talk about, obviously, the massive incident at the big game, we have to talk about... I have to get both of your opinions on it. Let's talk about something for Crystal Palace because the clean sheet was massive, wasn't it? Yes, the most important thing, three points. If it's 4 3 3 2, you got the three points. That's all we're after. But the clean sheet, James, how important is that? Nick just mentioned two goals conceded in four games, but clean sheets, this is always going to help you, ain't it? Oh, definitely. And I agree with Nick. You know, we haven't had possibly our best centre backs playing. But now, you know, we've got. Um, before the season started, I dreamt of having Cahill and Sacco being our central defenders. I just felt that on paper they would be the best two. You've got your two ex-internationals there, French and English. So I felt on paper those two would be immense for us. And so I was thinking, how is Roy going to get them in the team? And it, yeah, we we got... Gary in quite early on because of uh, you know he spotted a bit of a weakness. And I'm just going to interrupt you there. What a difference he has made as well. You can tell that he he knows what he's talking about. He knows Roy really well, and he's actually been out in the press. He's spoken well of Lucas, saying what a fantastic person he is to have for a club captain. So within the space of three or four weeks, he's bought into the ethos of the club, and I think that's helping to, to bind the players together a bit. Carry on. Yeah, no, you're right. No, you're right. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but, you know, so we, we've, we've managed to, to get Gary in, and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard on Kelly, to be honest with you, because he, he, he got injured. Um, but, to be honest with you, I wish him well, but personally, if Sacco's fit, I want him in the team. And he got his 20 minutes or whatever it is, and now he's got another two weeks to carry on getting fit now with Gary Cahill and Mamadou Sacco as centre-backs I think we can only improve and quite rightly Nick said Gaeta's been absolutely brilliant for us and he's such a calm goalkeeper I mean he must give the defence so much confidence um, so we've got a fantastic keeper that's on form we've got two extremely good ex-internationals there and who cares if PVA, you know, he's got some, he's got decent defenders that can kind of back him up and chaperone him and say, yeah, you go on forward, you try and get mm. us a goal up there because we'll cover you, don't worry, we'll shout it, they'll shout. Believe you me, Sacco and and Gary Cahill especially will will probably bellow at him if mm. he's out of position and it might help improve his game. Well, that's what you get uh, in Gary Cahill, another leader on a pitch, someone you know who's done it at the top level with Chelsea. He's played in numerous international and European games. You know what you're getting at the back there. It was 1-0, it was a clean sheet, it was three points. Now let's talk about the incidents in the game because it could have been so different. Aston Villa, we know their thoughts, very frustrated. They feel aggrieved at the goal that uh, wasn't a goal. Jack Grealish went down, booked for diving. I think it was a foul. I think the goal should have stood. If I'm being just 100% honest with you guys, I think that 
I'm not quite sure he can get booked for diving when I do think there was contact, it was a foul, and he actually passed the ball to his own teammate in turn. He then went on and scored. The ref has already blown the whistle, so VAR apparently cannot look at the incident once the no. referee's whistle has been blown. That was new on me. I didn't know that rule, so still we need clarity with VAR there. That's another debate. Firstly, foul or no foul for you two if you're taking your Crystal Palace hats off, Nick? He was nudged slightly on the run through, not deliberately. By Not all fouls are deliberate, though. No, no but, it, but it was just coming together, which knocked him off balance a little bit. As he went past Cahill, I think he made a meal of it. Now, had Grealish not been throwing himself all over the pitch for the rest of that game, Villa would have had a draw. I believe that he had tried to con the ref so much that it actually worked against him. Well, that is something that's been thrown around at him, that he does make a meal of it. I actually agree with you in that sense. I don't agree with you that he made a meal of that because the whole time he looks at the player, he never looked back at the ref, said foul, foul, foul. He dived, he'd give the ball. He was waiting to see uh, what the conclusion was of that particular play. Whether it was deliberate or not, there was contact in my eyes. That's a foul. I actually think the Wilf was the foul over the Cahill because he'd give him a nudge there to stumble him. And to... a lot of Villa fans thought that it would have been called back for a free kick. Yeah, but so advantage should have been played there. That's that's the confusion there. James, you foul or no foul? Yeah, no. It's it's. I, I I agree with with the ref actually on this one. I think uh, he was trying to meal it. He was trying to um, con con the ref. I think. Mm. I, I think you can't start giving fouls for little little nudges like that. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It, it's innocuous. It's, it is gonna, a physical game. I make it's you a right physical in that game, sense, yeah. and you cannot just keep blowing the whistle every five minutes because someone has just got a little bit of a. a, a a nudge on you it's got to be it's got to be a bit more firmer than but that this is my argument though I'm not even concerned whether it is a foul or not I don't think it's a dive I don't think the ref should be blowing so I think in turn the play should have been allowed to go the ball's already been played the Villa goal stands I don't think it should uh, be what, a foul look at it no, I just think no. I, it's, it's, I, I just yeah. don't think it's a foul to start. I don't think it's a dive. I think Jack Grealish has managed to get the ball forward and Aston Villa have scored. I think, I think the worst thing for Jack Grealish is whether it's a foul or not a foul. The if he had, I think he just as a, over over elaborated the whole situation and, and made it into a big dive and and maybe even if they felt a bit of contact, yeah, he, he could have gone down. But the way he went down. So then, just to rephrase the question, uh, foul or no foul, but. Was it a dive then, yes or no? I think it was, yeah. Nick, you agree I, it was I a dive? I think was, he made the most of it, definitely. So a dive? The dive, yeah. I'm really surprised at that. I'm really, okay. really surprised. But no, I, but I appreciate it, and I know you two would be honest. If the but, shoe was on the other foot, I know you both would. But I'm, I'm, but, I'm sitting quite a long way away from that situation. Mm. What Did the fans know at the time in the stands? What, 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 what was the fans' general I don't general know consensus? that I really exactly saw what happened, to be honest with you, until I looked at the TV. So... In, some, in situations like that, you've got to trust the referee. And this is it. And so the referee's made a decision and they've gone to VAR and it's not clear and obvious. And you look on social media and it's 50-50. I mean, from what mm. I've read, it's 50% say he died, 50% say he didn't. Mm. And they're not Palace fans and... Um, you know, they're, they're if, if we if we look at the VAR angle, though, Nick, it's very confusing. Once the referee's blown, then we can't look at it. Is this take out that it was Palace as a VAR? The stance from VAR. Are we like, well, we can't look at it. We can look at it. What ones do they look at? When is it the ref decision? When is it the VAR room? For you, taking away that it's Palace, you still be like, 
I'm no clear on VAR. Whatever makes it easiest for the fans who are paying their good earned wages in the stadium to understand what's going on. As long as that works, I don't care. I don't give a stuff about the people watching on telly. I want to be in the stadium and know what's going on. That's all. Now, we talk about injustice. If I was a Palace fan, if I was a Villa fan, I'd be gutted. I'd be spitting feathers because, you know, there is an injustice. But that is what makes football brilliant. We are having an animated discussion here. VAR takes that away. Okay, it's brought it in a little bit here. But you want to talk about injustices. Chris mentioned it on the uh, review show, backofthenest.com. You can find it there. I've got to mention that. Otherwise, I get the sack. Plug. and he said that you want injustice. We over the over our lifetimes, we've had two goals scored that yeah. have literally gone in the goal, come out again. That is injustice. I'll be honest with you, Nick. I actually agree with you because football's about drama, the moments, the injustices, those little things. Oh, it was a decision. Oh, it was offside. It was onside, and things being given fifty-fifty because sometimes it is very grey. It's not all black and white. But the flip side, I think me and you are in the minority because the majority, I believe don't want the injustices. They want it to be, you know, very much the letter of the law. This is a foul. This is a goal. This is a dive. So those decisions, when your team has been robbed, we don't want that injustice. But I know it does add to it. Is there that argument? It's another human being sitting in a room watching it on telly judging it as well. Do you know, I, so, I, you know, you've, you've got... We could talk about this all day, James. I just want to add, I listened to some, some football commentators on, on a, a radio station this week and they were saying... No, this, no, no, James. Love this, sport only, this, mate. Yeah. This, this two-week break, um, they're, they're hoping that the referees are getting together and discussing this. I think if there's room for improvement, I think what, sh- what could happen is the video-assisted referee could say to the referee... Can you have another look at it on your own screen by the pitch? Now, apparently, they've tried to avoid that because that's going to add more time to the Well, in delay. America, in the NFL, uh, managers or head coaches, as they're known, yeah. are allowed a challenge flag. It's like a red cricket. challenge flag. Like NFL, yeah, and they can yeah. review, like the DRS yeah. system in cricket. Yeah. But then is this system where we, like, once again, we're stopping the game because, obviously, we know Dean Smith would have challenged that and, and we're losing the flowing momentum of the game, which is what fans are losing because we go to VAR. But, but no, 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 it's, it's a difficult. Yeah, but this was a a, a a really really important decision, and and I feel that maybe the referee should go back to the the man on the pit, the ref on the pitch, and say, look, go and have a look for yourself, just for a, you know. I think James, uh, Nick, we're going to be debating something on VAR almost to the end of the season. It's going to go on and on. It worked. Uh, we could say in Palace's favour this week. We know Aston Villa fans feel grieved at that one, but I'm delighted. Next, we are joined by a very very special guest. Love sports. You're listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, and I'm joined in the studio with the Back of the Nest podcast, James Howard and Nick Gillard. And we are also delighted to say we are joined on the phone by a very, very special guest, Jim Piddock, founder of the Crystal Palace Football Club Supporters Trust. Jim, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you giving us a little bit of your time, calling you all the way from Hollywood. Very excited to be talking to you tonight. Crystal Palace, it was a slow start, wasn't it, in the Premier League? But two brilliant wins. One up against Man United, which was a very nice result, especially as Crystal Palace had already got that result last year, beating Man City in Manchester. Now it was time to conquer the red half. And, of course, the clean sheet and the three points this weekend, beating Aston Villa. How pleased are you with Crystal Palace's last two performances? 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Uh, obviously very pleased in terms of getting six points uh, <clears throat> this early in the season. Um, and by the way, thank you for that introduction. Um, I, uh, I think, you know, it's, so, it's way too early to draw any conclusions. I mean, under Hodgson, we're always very difficult to beat, and, and we, don't, um, we don't win by much more than a goal or lose by more than a goal. So we could easily be very different. We were... I was up at Manchester, saw that game, and we played well, but we were also very lucky. Jim, there um, is, um, there's sort of been a mixed feeling with Roy Hodgson at the minute, especially on uh, this show on Love Sport Radio. Fans are, you know, has Roy taken us to a certain level? Has he peaked? How much further can he take us? But obviously the flip argument is that the grass isn't always greener. The feeling is slightly better now with those last two results. But has Roy yeah. taken Crystal Palace as far as they can go? I don't think so. I mean, I think that <clears throat> given the players at his disposal, he's done very well. I think, as I say, they're, they're never going to get clobbered and they're never going to clobber anybody. And we've got fortunate in the last two games to get six points. I mean, I don't mind admitting that. We could have easily drawn against um, on Saturday against Villa and we could have lost at United. So it could look very different. But, but over the course of a season, I think, you feel comfortable if he doesn't have a ridiculous injury list. But Roy Hodgson will get you um, somewhere in the mid- middle of the table. Is that enough, Jim? Should we be happy yeah, with that? It is enough. Yeah, absolutely. I think people have to remember where Palace have come from. And we've all seen fans get impatient. You know, at Charlton Athletic, they got, oh, you know, we're not really kicking on. We've been in the Premier League X number of years. And then suddenly they're gone and they're gone and they're gone, you know. And so that they're finally making some sort of a comeback. But I think you can get, you know, everybody gets sort of caught up with, you know, we've got to do this and do that. But I think survival is is the name of the game in the Premier League. And, yeah, obviously we would love to come in the top ten and preferably eighth would be fantastic. But, yeah, that would be a great achievement. And it's very possible. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you, Jim. I think... Especially us older fans that have been been around for a few years, it's 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 dream. It's, we're just dreaming at the moment. I mean, it's just amazing that we've in reality we're there and we've our seventh season in the Premier League. And I think it's very important for us to not get too carried away. You know, we've still got a lot to do with the stadium. You know, we're going to have to invest money yep. in the stands. Um, and the last thing we want is to get relegated. So you know, I'm I'm all for sort of continuing to consolidate. 
continuing to sort of, you know, um, yeah, expectations for me would be mid-table this season, maybe a good cup run. I mean, we're out of one cup, so we've only got one left. But I would be happy with, with mid-table continuing to, to improve. But I, I personally think that, you know, it, it's time where the club, you know, really start to, um, you know, improve the, the stadium facilities. Um, yeah, how do you I'm, feel I'm about totally that? Agree. Yeah, Totally agree. Totally agree. I think it's number one priority. Academy's number two priority. And uh, obviously, underneath all that, we've got to stay in the Premier League. But I think that's, that's a longer-term plan, you know, and you don't want to go out rushing, buying players who aren't right. And, yeah, we needed two full-backs and a forward this summer, and we didn't get them. Uh, we're in a good position to, to do so in the next two windows. We, did, we uh, didn't but, need a full-back. Look, look at us. We've got the best defence in the league. Had, had, well, had reserve players <laughs> uh, uh, well, uh, keeping clean sheets. Well, it, you're, you're right. I mean, we're missing two, the two first-choice centre-halves and we've got no cover, really, at either full-back position and we've done extraordinarily well. But, you know, a couple of injuries and that can get a little desperate. To be yeah. fair, we did get a striker because we, we signed Ayu, so, uh, yeah. True, but we had him last year. So I know, I know, I know. I want to, we lost two, two strikers. And, uh, we haven't really re- replaced Batswai, have we? That's, that's the key, I think. No. And that would have been the one thing that most supporters would have loved to Absolutely. see, you know, a, a Morelos or somebody like that come in who's something different from what we've got. Jim, were Crystal Palace in a position where they could have replaced the players that they lost? Obviously, they sold wan this summer to Manchester United, but it felt like maybe Crystal Palace needed to balance the book because not a lot of that money was reinvested. Did they need to re, uh, rebalance the books Is, or are they in a position where they can spend that money in January? No, from what I know, the, the, the books are balanced. The question was, how much can you spend on a replacement fullback? Because we didn't know what was going to happen with Wilfred Zahar all summer. So Steve Parrish's hands were tied. Now, he didn't know whether he could go and spend $10 million on a fullback or $40 million on a fullback. Not that we, I think, would ever do that. So it was very, very difficult. And the people we were interested in, uh, a couple of loans particularly, uh, didn't pan out. We weren't able to get them. So there's no point in just buying a another fullback for the sake of it we've got you know very good yeah. choice first choice right now and, and you know yeah it would have been great to get a young right back on loan you know Reese James or or the fellow at, to- at Tottenham Walker Peters or whatever but it didn't work out well Steve Parrish did say in an interview this week that he's kind of on a three-year plan for his uh for rebuilding the squad what did you make of that I think that's absolutely right and I think that's very smart I think you know there's couple of i think new investors sort of loitering in the wings um it it's disappointing yeah that we didn't add a couple more over the summer but it's not the end of the world and and provided we stay injury free i think we'll probably bolster in january a little bit and then next summer you know major overhaul or if wilfred leaves in january a major overhaul in january <laughs> and of course at this time with with berry going down and going back to 2010 we're still feel lucky enough to to be in his position um going back to your involvement with the football club your your list of achievements is amazing but for some of us especially at back of the nest towers your biggest one is starting the uh football club supporters trust what's what's happening with that at the moment jim i'm I'm not really involved on a day-to-day basis i think the three of us that formed it are kind of honorary directors or something but um it's still going strong i think they meet and it's, it was always intended once the club was sort of taken over by uh, Simon Jordan back in 2000 that we, it would just stay there as a safety net, as an insurance scheme. And that's what it's remained, you know. I mean, there's 
they do get involved with stuff with the academy and things like that. But the main purpose that we set it up for was 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 done, and so it was kind of like okay, we we sort of put it in mothballs and keep it there as an insurance policy. Jim, just coming back to uh, football matters, obviously the win against Aston Villa this weekend. Roy Hodgson said, you know, Crystal Palace shouldn't feel like they need to apologise to Aston Villa. What happened, happened. Where did you stand on it? Was it a die from Grealish? Was it a foul? Should the goal have stood? It was a very harsh decision. Uh, the goal shouldn't have stood cause, simply because the referee blew his whistle before it went in. So that they had no choice. Then they couldn't go to VAR because of that. But yes, if that had been Palace, I would have, been, I would have felt hard done by. Uh, on the other hand... Uh, as a Palace fan, we deserve the three points, so they can't feel too hard done by. <laughs> well, there you have it, a three points for Palace. Jim, thank you so much for joining us and giving us a little bit of your time tonight. We really appreciate it. It's always a pleasure to speak to you on the back of the nest on the Love Sport Radio. Jim, thank you so much. Jim Piddock there, founder of the Crystal Palace Football Club Supporters Trust. He, he said he's not really uh, still involved in it, but obviously we did know he found it. How important is something like that for the fans, Nick? Well, I've, I've been a little bit involved, or starting to get involved with the um, Palace Sports Foundation as well, which is uh, Steph, I think we've had her on the show before, and they're organising the Marathon March. Really, really getting involved in the community, getting local people together. Um, and that's been a good thing about Palace ever since I've supported them. I mean, I first went there in 76. They're always doing stuff for locals, uh, so so it's good. And they're, they're helping people out of crime, they're, they're getting people into jobs, they're helping people helping kids who haven't got that much money, making sure they can get to see games. It's it's just fantastic. Well, that's what it's about. It's bigger than football. It's about putting it back into the community. Crystal Palace doing a good job of it there. Next, we're going to be looking at that international break. Has it come at the right time for Palace? And unfortunately, we have to look at that disappointing cup loss to Colchester. Love Sport. You're listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. Delighted to say I'm joined in the studio with the Back of the Nest podcast, James Howard and Nick Gillard. Of course, we were talking about Crystal Palace's fantastic two wins in the Premier League, Man United and Aston Villa. Unfortunately, now we have to talk about that disappointing <laughs> cup loss in between Colchester. Quite, James, oh, shocked at this, are you, James? I was hoping you were going to just overlook this topic. Well, you know, it wouldn't be right if we didn't address every Crystal Palace <laughs> issue. We'll try to make it as I'm quick as just, we can. Oh, well, well, we'll sum it up, yeah. You we'll know, sum it up. Ten, ten changes. Oh, uh, we'll start off with, yeah, go right, on the obvious. Okay, ten changes. How fantastic uh, Colchester were. But, you know... <laughs> Credit where credit's due, they they did turn up and and really gave it a good shot. You know, fair play to them. Um, they had their chances. You can't mm. say they just sat back. They actually had their chances and uh, they could, they could have won it. And um, we we you know we still had a very good side. We've got a good squad now. You know, you can't complain and say it's our reserves because it's not. These players were playing in the first team the week before, two weeks before. But it was 10 changes. Nick, how serious are Crystal Palace about the League Cup? Did they take it serious? I know 10 changes would say no, but I I suppose you still want to progress or was it like, it's all about the league? Well, one was Hennessy. He's always going to get the Cup games. Sam Woods played as an emergency right back. He's normally a centre back which shows about the problems we've got that Jim mentioned and you've mentioned as well, James. Um... Camarasa, it was good to see him start. Quite impressive 
like to see how he'd fit in with everybody else and he wasn't too bad did he come on on saturday i can't remember if he came on saturday no, no he, he didn't he, he got up and then sat down again i think it was one of one difficult, of those that... difficult to get him on but i do agree it was really nice and i think he he did get involved uh quite a bit and he had some really good touches i wonder whether he wasn't up his fitness isn't right up there just yet and he's he needs yeah. to get a little bit fitter because maybe because of obviously cardiff going down he was a lone player maybe he didn't really have a club to go back to to get to train with so I think he's just getting him up to fitness levels, to be honest with you. Yeah, some 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 wag on Twitter had said that the reason he hadn't been playing was because Roy wanted to get all the skill out of him before he'd put him in the first <laughs> team. But, you know, we take that with a pinch of salt. The other player who did really well was James McCarthy. And I like him. Could have really, scored on the weekend. Could have scored on the weekend. And the reason I like him is he said, I've got a call up for the Republic of Ireland. Actually, I'm not going to go. I'm going to focus all my energy at Palace and get embedded with the team and get to know them really well because this is more important to me than playing for my country, which... I think it's important to it for himself because he's come back from quite a long injury and he's missed a couple of seasons at least. So I think for him, he, he's he got to be very careful. And, you know, he, he nearly got chopped down the other weekend, didn't he, in a match at Sheffield United? Well, he did get chopped down. And I was at the game and it was at that end and uh, it was a horrendous tackle. Well, it wasn't that bad, but he... he it could have been worse than what it was. So he's got to look after himself and he's got to look after his body. And quite rightly, he's saying to himself, you know, let's focus on Crystal Palace and, and, and his own, you know, his, his own fitness. Well, it was 10 changes. We know Roy would say, yeah, we was trying for the cup, although the team might not have reflected that. But how do fans feel? Take away that you're out and you go, oh, no, we don't really care. Did you want to go through? Did you see Colchester? We should be going through. We're at home. You know, I want to focus on the League Cup. Disappointing to go out or are you just not that fussed? I would have liked to have to gone through purely for it's not the end of the world that we are knocked out let put it that way but I'd like to have gone through purely for the fact that I think it's good to have the the, the, the second string team getting game time um, and it's just keeping them all up to their the fitness levels up and I think that's good for the club as a whole so yeah of course I would have liked to us to continue but you know it's not the end of the world that, that we're not in it Nick do you feel the same yes and no I mean it's good to have a good cup run um, it was good to see some different players. It could have been a bit cheaper to get in, to be to be fair. I had my very first experience in with the uh, Homesdale Fanatics. Never again. I mean, it was brilliant. And there were people 20 years younger than me. Having the time of their lives, there was good banter going on. And they do seem like a good bunch of lads, despite sort of lots of things I've heard about them. Um, so it, for me, the game was more about trying to stay upright and uh, with the jumping up and down, a completely different experience. I... I I just don't know why we didn't go for it more. I it it was almost like a training match, wasn't it? And again, do you mean in the game or with the lineup the, that was in selected the in the game? Uh, it doesn't matter who you got on the pitch if they don't look like they they want to mm. win the game. And that was the difference between sort of Colchester. Well, because and Villa. In, in stark contrast, you saw what it meant to Colchester when they went through, didn't they? They rushed over to the fans. Yeah. They were absolutely elated. Is it you know? Not that the players disrespect some of the domestic trophies, maybe the more so minor ones. It's not the FA Cup. But do you just want to see uh, more of a fight? Because you always fight for the paint and punting it. You do want to, like, come on, we've made the effort. It's a Tuesday night. We want to really yeah. make a game of this. We just want a little bit more. And, and like you said, players stake a claim in this team. Do you know what I mean? You're saying players are turning down international caps to stake a claim. Just give us a bit more fight. Give us a bit more commitment. Is there an element of that? Maybe they struggle to motivate themselves yeah, against these sort of James? teams. 
because um, they paid a lot of money and they don't have to worry too much about it. I don't is, know. Is that, is that what's saying? What's <laughs> really wrong with the game now? Maybe they thought it'd be a walk-up. Look, the most exciting part of the game, I stood with DR for the first time ever. Mm. He's out in uh, Turkey at the moment. Uh, Recky and Surely missed tonight. Yeah, Recky in for our European tour now, we're yeah. fourth. And we know that Brexit's going to render the league over by uh, by the end of uh, <laughs> November. So we might still be in Europe next season if that happens. And no, but, sorry, I was just saying, he's, you told me he went and saw Sorloff play. Yeah, well, he's, he supports Fenerbahce, so he went out to see them. He said it was amazing. I'm sure we'll hear more about it. What? Another... He's not giving up on Palace, is he? No, no, no <laughs> of course not. But he, he said the ultra's there. Unbelievable. His eyes were stinging for hours after with all the flares and whatever. Well, uh, sorely missed. Hopefully, we'll have but him back next week. DR's mate plays for Colchester. He played for Fylde the year before and came through the books at Norwich. So old school mate. The most impo- exciting part was when DR thought his mate was coming on, but it wasn't him. And that was it. <laughs> Did he, he got a little bit excited and it wasn't to be. He tweeted it and everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is the international break. Has this come now at the wrong time for Crystal Palace, James? No, I don't think it has. Um, I think that um, it's time for reflection. And as you say, you know, maybe we've been a little bit lucky. Um, and we've also got some players that have come back into the team that maybe aren't particularly match fit yet. Thinking of Mamadou Sacco. Uh, he only had sort of 20 Wolf minutes. can have another two weeks because it's been congested yeah. for him, isn't it? African Nations, yeah. now straight into the Premier League and sort of have a rest and recovery and get back up to speed. Absolutely. And um, we can sort of sit back and we can sort of analyse what's happened. And, you know, we've got into the, the, the heady heights of fourth position in the Premier League. But let's not get carried away and let's treat every game as it comes. And... and yeah, I'm I'm hope I'm I'm hopeful that that uh, you know they all got their heads heads screwed screwed on and that we um still maintain those clean sheets hopefully and we just but maybe for a striker maybe it isn't a good time. I must admit Jordan are you as, a, as an ex-striker myself, well, you never, you don't want to have a two-week break. When the iron's hot, you must strike. But what can Palace work on in this 14-day break? Is there anything, or you just don't want to get injuries on the international break, or we know we want to get players up to speed? Anything in those first four games, like, right, let's really address the problems that we have had in the four games. There's not been many. You've only conceded two goals, and you are in the top four. But anything to work on in this, this little two-week break? Passing practice, I think, and also a bit of shooting practice. To have 22 shots and only five on target, mm. that is a bit of a worry. And if you do dominate a game like we did against Aston Villa and don't come away with all three points because of a goal at the end, which should have, could have possibly have been given, you know, we'd, we'd be having a different conversation. My, my main thing is, though, is the international break has come, which gives us two weeks to say that we are currently yeah. the best team in London. Listen to me, Spurs. Listen to me, Arsenal. Listen to me, West Ham. Listen to me, Chelsea. You are below Crystal Palace. What about Cholton? What about Brentford? Put it to them all, Nick. Tell them all. You're the best team in London. I thought he was going to list them all. I wasn't. I've thrown you. I've no one list. I'm just just going to big up Bromley because they're better than Cholton. They're doing really well in the National League. Oh, causing a problem. Well, what a note to end on because Crystal Palace are currently the best team in London. And this is the best fan show on Love Sport. It's all go, go. We'll see you next week. This is Love Sport. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter.
It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.